What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. That's a good score. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. I uh, put out three new interviews every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. You can do it at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video version, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Merida. Today, my guest is Ed Robertson of the band Bare Naked Ladies. They're back with a brand new record called Detour de Force. It's the Canadian band's 16th album. Ed's going to take us through the uh, political moments of the record that includes uh, writing and the questioning of facts, uh, the fracturing of humanity, and watching people fall into the conspiracy trap. Fun stuff, right? Robertson also discusses one of the song's commentary on the band's uh, career ups and downs, a different life where he may have been an Americana artist, and if the group is now part of the MCU, the Marvel Comic Universe. Uh, He says, yeah, I think we are. Let's do this. Talking about the tour de force, it's Kyle Meredith with Bare Naked Ladies. Good to be on, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Uh, congratulations. Brand new record, the tour de force is, uh, is coming out. Album number 16. That's that's not shabby. That, that's what I hear. We've been doing this uh, been doing this a while. I, I love this new record, man. It's so cool to be this excited about new music this far into our career. See these gray hairs? I've earned every one of them. Um, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I, I love the new record. It's we we honestly felt like this was a tour de force for the band mm-hmm. and the detour that we were all forced to take. Uh, because of the pandemic lockdown just seemed to make detour de force 
the right title for the record. Yeah, it pretty much spells it out right there. I think for everybody's life. I mean, that's that's lying it up. And in some sense, I you know, for a lot of records, I've been trying to think of um, of of what they'll be seen as and heard as in, in the future. You know, like for these records, do you, you you know for this one, do you look back on it and go, yeah, that's the pandemic record. That's what became the pandemic record. Well, I think what's interesting about this record is it was all written pre-pandemic uh and the recording process kind of straddled the beginning of lockdown um maybe i'm clairvoyant because i i really feel like i was writing about the place we all ended up in together which was isolated and being fed a veritable fire hose of bad news and and that's what new disaster is about it's you know we find ourselves with access to the accumulated knowledge of history, we are connected in ways that we have never been before. And yet we are more fractured. We are getting stupider. Uh, we are building these walls around our knowledge. Um, and we're losing touch with reality and, and facts are up for debate that how is flat earth on the rise? How are these conspiracy theories, which are so readily disproven, how, how is that stuff on the rise? And right. um, it's a very strange time. And, and I wrote a lot about it on this record. Yeah. You know, when you look at the first, uh, the first single and, and, and you do talk about seeing things from different perspective, at least listening to, to different perspectives, but you know, you brought up that song uh, that you've got on here with with Flat Earth, and I thought, does this count? Is this one of the moments where we're going to listen to that other perspective? Because I don't feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is we we still have to listen. We have to have conversations, right? There was a, a great documentary that came out in the last couple of years called Behind the Curve, and. I loved it because it was a, it was a documentary about the rise of uh, flat earth thinking. And it'd be very easy to make a documentary and say, look at these idiots. But it wasn't what that documentary did. It was actually a very empathetic and compassionate take. And it was more about like, how do people fall into these uh, traps of, mm -hmm. of, finding these communities of people that also don't know what they're talking about, you know, and they right. find kinship there. And, uh, you know, the, uh, these platforms amplify this dysfunction. And what I liked about the doc was it, it was a sympathetic look. It was saying these people aren't stupid, but they've, they've fallen into these traps and they're, incorrect thinking has been reinforced by other people who have fallen into the same traps. And then they think they've got some secret knowledge uh, that the rest of the world is blind to, and they are determined to teach us the error of our ways. And that, that's all that, that they've gone down that garden path. Unfortunately, we, we all need to help those people, not mock those people. Yeah, I, I've got family members. I think a lot of people have family members that, you know, I've been very surprised that have gone down that path on certain things. Luckily, no flat earthers, to my knowledge, in my family. But 
you know, there's a lot of the other things, especially when, you know, the, the pandemic hit and, and everything that came along with that. And, and it is that moment where you just ask for patience, you know, let's have this conversation because how did this, you know, it is, how did this happen? I will also say that the way that you wrote about it, uh, specifically, let's take that uh, song again, Flat Earth, is not a direct thing about that. You know, you found a way to wrap that around in this other, you know, if you want to call it a relationship or whatever, but but it's that's sort of the interesting trick that you pulled there that I really appreciated. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I put it in terms of uh, a relationship. Like if she expects me to believe all of those things, I may as well believe in flat earth because I know those things to be untrue, you know? Um, that, I mean, that's, that's the trick with writing, right? Is um, you're trying to express an idea, but you're trying to make it relatable. You know, I already know what I think in some cases, you know, sometimes I'm writing songs to figure out what I think. Uh, but in, in flat earth, I, I wanted to write about, um, about a relationship and about how you find common ground with someone who you think is out to lunch. And it just like it is done well. There's there's moments in here. There's lots of moments in here, and I, I want to hit on a few of them. But like also in the song "Good Life," like there is a verse that I found really almost surprising that you're singing about. Now I, I'm I'm also taking some assumptions right now because I know that not every time I is the artist. You know, it's not when you say it's you're not always talking about yourself, but. There is a part in a good life where it sounds like you're talking about the band's peaks and valleys of fame, you know, which I think every band does go. I mean, if you're a successful artist, you will go through that. You know, there, there, yeah. there is the up and the down and everything in between. Uh, is that a commentary that you're taking directly uh, in, in that song? I sent that song to the guys and Tyler Stewart, our drummer, responded, Bare Naked Ladies, documentary channel banger. Um, <laughs> That song is absolutely the story of the band and, and wrestling with the ups and downs of, of being in a band for 30 plus years. But ultimately that song is about being grateful. You know, that song is about this amazing thing that we built together and uh, nothing is without its challenges, of course. But, um, you know, I look back on a career, um, despite the many hurdles we had to overcome, I am just so thankful that this is what I get to do. You know, I, I would pay to get to play the gigs that we get to play and instead we get paid to do them. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. 33 years in and we're mm -hmm. selling out places like Red Rocks and Royal Albert Hall and we're releasing our 16th record and, we're super energized by it and proud of the record. Um, it's a pretty good way to feel um, this this far in. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. 
go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. And that it's not the only time that comes up on this record. I mean, it, it does seem like there's there's a, a bit of that, at least on the front half of the record, where you are taking stock. You know, you are looking back and, and it does. It seems like to find yourself in a place of peace. Yeah, it, it's it's a hard one piece, though, you know, Um I didn't, I didn't get to that uh, point of view without decades of therapy. And I mean, literally uh, working with a therapist weekly. Um, I'm really proud of that commitment I made to myself and I'm a better person for it. And when you, when you grow up, when you're the adult child of an alcoholic household and you grew up feeling unsafe and insecure and, uh, you question everything you do and you, you deal with imposter syndrome and um, you wrestle with insecurity despite all of the success and all of the accolades. Um, if, if you don't feel and I didn't feel uh, good with who I was and, and where I'd come from, nothing is enough. You know, so it, it took a long time to get to a place where I could really understand some of the more negative things that were influencing my life. And, you know, I'm proud of getting there. And, and it allows me to look back on some of those difficult things and write about them with some vulnerability and some nuance and kind of forgive that kid um, and, and, and write about those difficult things from a place of peace. When you talked at the beginning of this interview about how most of the record was written before lockdown and pandemic and everything, was it still the same messages that were coming through? Did that sort of also shift once you guys were able to play with the songs more? Well, I think, you know, songwriting is uh, an interesting thing. It's poetry. It's, it's not, uh, you know, it can take on new interpretations. And I, I think songs like new disaster became even more prophetic as we all went into lockdown and we're being fed a, a veritable fire hose of bad news and you start to think about well what is that doing to me and what is that doing to everybody's mental health um to to just be on the edge of our seat waiting to hear the next horrible thing that's going to befall us and our community and the world, really, um, the fear that it instilled in people um, when we really needed to, to think uh, outside of our community and start to think globally and think about, you know, how, how do we get out of this? We've got to shed some of our provincialism and we've got to, uh, we've got to think bigger and we've got to work together. And um, that fire hose of bad news was not helping anybody get on the same page just every day was so exhausting yeah like like I, I do remember that I remember talking about it because that was the thing you know especially four years ago and five years ago when that chapter started um every day was so, like to not even know what's on the news most days now I never thought would be such a blessing <laughs> yeah yeah, right. We were so 
consumed with the insanity mm. uh, of the last administration. And unfortunately, a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of very reasonable people got swept into that uh, sort of doublespeak and, and thinking. And we saw it come to fruition this January at the Capitol, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, somebody's going to be watching this going, oh, you've been brainwashed, you know nuance is gone there there's there's no room for for conversation anymore you're either with us or against us and that's a really unhealthy place to be and you know as a canadian i've been doing most of my work in america for 30 years my friends but all the people that that i work with and admire live in america and i have people all all over the world say what is America like? Like, it must be crazy going down there. I go, no, it's amazing. It's full of incredible people doing amazing things. It's also very fractured and very dysfunctional. But it's really hard to run a country with 350 million plus people spread out over that landmass, you know? It's like, do it better. I'd love to see somebody do it better, but it's... <laughs> Um, you know, America is my next door neighbor who, uh, I love and work with. And, uh, I, you know, I've been taken to task on social media for saying anything, you know, the, the shut up and sayings or the mind your own business. And I always say, this is my business. I, I love that country. I love America. I work there. I, I, I believe in it. I have friends there. I care about it. I have a stake in it. You know, um, what is done in America affects my life in Canada. You know, my criticism and my commentary comes from a place of love and admiration. And, and when you shut down those voices and uh, you can't listen to people who care about you, um, you're getting into a bad place. Again, let me compliment you on how you took all of that and made it poetic you know, and across this record. And I should point out, you know, it's not that the record is heavy with that. I mean, the, the, those moments are on there and they are poignant moments and they're catchy moments on top of that. And even beyond, you know, I, I wrote down a few things here. Uh, Man Made Lake is a really good song. Thank you. And it's a really good song where, again, the poetry that you pulled out of that is, is really, really noticeable. And it's also a point where, you know, I look at that when I look back on a few, you know, plenty of other of, of your songs in the past. And I thought there's probably an alternate reality where you did become an Americana artist, you know, yeah. that, that's it. And you've talked about, you know, coming up and loving folk music in, especially in your early days and, and maybe even still now, but, but do you see that? I mean, could there have been a moment where you took a very different route and that was more of what you did? You know, I, I co-wrote that song with a friend of mine, Donovan Woods, who, who's become a real, hot uh, country writer and he has made some of my favorite records in the last five or six years he's just an incredible writer um I, I it was great to sit down and write a couple songs with him which i did for this record uh god forbid and man-made lake and Man-Made Lake was, he just threw the title at me. We had nothing. We had no melody, no song. He said, what do you think about the title Man-Made Lake? And uh, it was so evocative to me immediately. Um, you know, 
the place where I have done the bulk of my writing for the last 20 plus years is a cottage in Northern Ontario that is on a man-made lake. And now it just happened to be man-made over a hundred years ago. So it doesn't appear. So it's this beautiful place. Um, it's a refuge for me, but you know, some people would say that in a dismissive way. Well, it's a man-made lake. It's not real. It's not natural beauty, but it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's just had time to, to adapt and, and grow into this beautiful natural place. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up here in Southern Ontario, literally skiing on a garbage dump on a landfill. Um, Cause that was the only way we could get enough height to ski on. So I used to ski at, Mount St. Louis Moonstone. Well, Mount St. Louis was a literal landfill garbage dump. They just piled the garbage high enough to make a ski hill out of it. And, you know, it was a great place to learn how to snowboard, but I was skiing on garbage. <laughs> this is definite metaphors just somewhere up there if you need them, right? They're yeah, just, they're, they're they're just presenting themselves right, like here. <laughs> they're right for the taking. And uh, yeah, Donovan and I hit it off and that, that was a fun song to write. And and then to hear that one uh, go into Internal Dynamo, which, you know, like, is this a song that, like, is will everything be played live? Is that a song that you can see plucking for the uh, for the live show? I can't wait to do that song live. That that has that song is indicative of the way we've been ending our shows for the last 10 years, where I go back behind the drum kit and Tyler comes out front and sings and. I love those moments in the show because the whole audience goes, Oh my God, that drummer is an amazing singer. And they go, Holy shit, that singer's a wicked drummer. <laughs> you know? So it's a, you know, we toured with the violent femmes six or eight years ago and Brian Ritchie, the bass player coined it the Tyler show. He said, Oh, I love how you guys end with the Tyler show. It's so fun. And for me, I really love that because after working my ass off all night, being the front guy out there singing all the songs, the fact that I then go back behind the drum kit and Tyler knocks it out of the park to get, to end the show, it's so fun. And uh, I think it's such an unexpected twist to the show for people that haven't seen the band before. So for Kev to, to bring Internal Dynamo to the band in kind of its early stages, and he thought, well... You know, he said, I thought we could really do it like the end of the show and actually do it where Ed plays drums and Ty sings. It was, like, it was so fun to record and I can't wait to do it live. Yeah, I, I should throw some props to Kevin too because what a unique writer he is. I mean, is uh, by law, that's him as well, right? On this yeah. record? Like yeah. what he does is so specifically unique every single time, it's surprising. Kevin Hearn is the most prolific writer and creator in the band like in between every one of our records kev does two or three solo records plus he shows up at a new session for a record with 25 songs every time like he's so creative and such an incredible writer and on top of that he takes my very skeletal simple songs and adds these brush strokes that make them so nuanced and interesting he's uh he's an incredible guy to work with he's he's an, an inspiration and uh you know i'm 
I feel very lucky that he's in my band. <laughs> secret weapon style, right totally. there. Not so secret, but secret weapon. Yeah, right. Our band is full of secret weapons. We've got we've got Shadow Warrior Kevin Hearn bringing it all day, uh, songs and multi instrumentalists. Jim Cregan is the most energetic, most uh, adventurous bass player, on, like from stand up bass to electric bass to cello. He's a wicked guitar player too, an amazing singer. And then we got Tyler Stewart, the the uh, heat-seeking missile behind the drum kit who can come out at the end of the show and bring the house down as if he was Robert Plant or Bon Scott, uh, except for the dying part, Bon, rest sure. in peace. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a band of secret weapons. It's it's funny that you say it like that because the way you talk about it, it's like the uh, like you know, the supergroup superheroes Avengers all that and and I, I make that parallel because the new music video for uh, for new disaster I mean it has you guys uh, l- let me see it's it's an artist who's worked with Marvel yeah is that right and, uh, was his last name yeah yeah does that at all put you guys in the Marvel universe does that count now are you part of that I think it does. Uh, uh... I haven't seen the final episode of Loki yet. I'm hoping we show up. Uh, <laughs> you never know where the TVA is going to take you. How good is that show? Uh, you like, know what? I've I, I've waited. I'm I'm waiting till it's all there because I want to do it all at once. Oh my my God, son has done so every episode good. and he loves it. Yeah, it's so good. It might it might be the best thing out of that universe. And I'm a big fan of the uh, of the Avengers movies and the whole arc but Loki might be the best thing to come out of it. It's so good. Owen Wilson is blowing my mind. Amazing. And so at some point now, yeah, the bare naked ladies exist in the MCU. So that's not bad. Why not? It makes sense. We are available to all the uh, MCU family. We're here for you, whatever you need. You're just one of those cameos like bands would do a lot in movies, especially back in back in the late nineties and early two thousands, you know, like, Oh, there's someone just in the background on the stage. Look, it's, Exactly. I'll take that at heart. If Hulk goes rampaging through a venue and we just happen to be the band that's on stage when Hulk smashes, I'm good with that. I'll look forward to seeing that. I will. I think that'll be the perfect cherry on top to, to all of this. Uh, it's big compliments again, Ed, to tour the force. Uh, it's, it's, it's so fun to listen to, but at the same time, knowing that this is album number 16 and it's still so fun to listen to, I mean, that's compliment on top of the compliment right there. Thank you, man. I, we, uh, we had a blast writing and, and recording this record, despite the weird detour we had to take while making it. Um, I'm, I'm super proud of it, and I can't wait to get out and start playing some of these songs live. I'll be out there to check some of that out, too. I can't wait to see you guys live again. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Now, it was just a few years ago that I got to talk to Kevin about a, a different detour that the Bare Naked Ladies had taken. This time was uh, re-recording some of their catalog with the legendary acapella group, The Persuasions. Uh, we got to talk about uh, how they came together, uh, songs that took the biggest turns, and then plenty more. So here's a part two of Kyle Meredith with Bare Naked Ladies. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, thanks, Kyle. Um, credit where it's due. I want to say how often I put Cloud Maintenance on your solo record. Uh, still a very big fan of that uh, that record. It gets a, a lot of play around here. Oh, wow. Thanks very much. I guess the place that you always have to start is uh, here you've done this record with the Persuasions, and 
there's probably a backstory to why and how it happened, if I'm guessing, and I'd love for you to tell it. It's a little bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll give you the, the Reader's <laughs> Digest version if I can. Um, <laughs> years ago, uh, our sound man, B&L's longtime sound man, Robin Billington, gave me a, a gift, and it was uh, an album by the Persuasions called uh, Frankly Acapella, and it was the Persuasions singing Frank Zappa, and I loved the record and became a, an admirer of the group, and me and the Persuasions have a friend in common in Lou Reed, because I was Lou's touring band leader from 2007 until he passed away. And years ago, in the 70s, Lou had taken the Persuasions out on tour with him as uh, his opening act. And so when they had Lou's memorial celebration or service at uh, the Apollo Theater, uh, I was invited to play, and I, I played a couple songs. And the Persuasions also sang a song. They sang Turning Time Around by Lou. And that's where I met them in person for the time. I mean, I guess you guys got to have the conversation then. I mean, uh, at, at some point you decide, you know, hey, let's do this record together. I mean, it's one thing to know uh, a group, but what makes you go to that next level? Well, I reached out to them afterwards. I've been working on a, a project for a, a charity um, involving a whole bunch of different singers, and I asked if they would um, be a part of it. And it just involved one, you know, sort of half a minute of a, a longer musical piece that they contributed to. But their manager called and said, hey, they really enjoyed doing that. They'd love to do more with you. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be in New York with my band, the Bare Naked Ladies. We're going to be playing in Central Park in July. If the guys would like to come and maybe we, we, they can join us for a couple songs. And so uh, they arrived at Central Park and it was a beautiful day and backstage... They, they just began singing. Before soundcheck, we were all singing together, and the crew was around listening, and it was just a great vibe, and we connected with them. And then the, sh the soundcheck was great, and then they stuck around and sang some more, and then we did the show, and it was fun. And after that, we said, we got to do more. So that's when the idea sort of came in my brain, like, this is something we should go into a studio and, and, and capture. And at that point, you guys are talking about, I mean, you're not going to make original songs. I mean, what, where did the conversation come that you were going to tackle some of your old catalog? Well, something we've been discussing for a long time, which, which I was excited about, was, was kind of getting back to the band's roots of singing just with acoustic instruments or stripped down and, um, and doing a record that sort of looked back at our catalog and, and maybe did songs that even weren't recorded that way initially, but that still would work say around a campfire or something so i had suggested to the guys why don't we go to you know someone's cottage and just set up in a nice environment and and play together live off the floor and then when the persuasion sort of came into the the, the picture i thought well, why don't we do this together but with the persuasions and even expand that idea even more so i was involved in a show at massey hall in october that was um a fundraiser concert for children and parents or children with special needs and parents of children with special needs and I invited the persuasions to be a part of it if they'd like to come to Toronto and they were they were all about it so they came, they came up and I said that's our opportunity after the concert the next day we'll go in the studio and the next day after that and so that's how it happened two days live off the floor that's and, crazy uh, I was, mean 
it, it would seem like the preparation that would have to go into that on on their half on, on their side of things. You know, it's not their songs, but to be able to pull that off in two days, I mean, that's that's sort of amazing. Was that like a completely hectic two days? Well, we didn't go in unprepared. I mean, we of course <laughs> knew our song pretty well, but I had sent uh, Dave Revels, who's the current lead singer and arranger of the Persuasions. Uh, a whole bunch of songs. I sent him 30 songs, and he sort of looked at them, and we whittled that list down to what's on the record. But he actually rehearsed all those songs with the guys a cappella, mm-hmm. and he would send me voice memos of their rehearsals, which were very exciting to get and a joy to hear. So when they came into the studio with us, they were prepared, and so we'd basically say, we're going to do this song, and we'd sort of talk about it a bit, and then we'd do it once or twice, and that was it. That was it, wow. And I know, I mean, a lot of artists, especially artists that have been around for as long as you guys have, have that constant desire to tinker with your catalog. I mean, I think every musician would love to go back to their earlier stuff <laughs> to try to rearrange that. So to have that opportunity uh, to do something like that, uh, I'm sure it is very exciting. And And for you, I mean, you know, being, like you said, Lou Reed's band leader um, and, and having a lot of history with, with arranging, were you, I mean, what was, were there any songs that was like, that you were able to go and really reclaim or redo uh, more so than you even expected? Well, I saw one opportunity. You mentioned that you liked the record Cloud Maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this, the song Don't Shuffle Me Back to the Bottom of the Deck is not a very... It's never been done by Bare Naked Ladies, but I thought this has got to be done with the Persuasions and the Ladies. And I know the guys liked that song, so uh, that was one thing I was quite excited about bringing that song into the into the fold. Uh, Jim Cregan has a song called Narrow Streets, and he it wasn't on my initial list that I sent, but Jim said I'd really like to do that song. And some of us from the Persuasions and BNL were like, well, we don't really see it that as working. Uh, and then Jim said, no, think of it like in a doo-wop style. And, and then Dave tried it with the Persuasions and said, wow, we, we really like this. This is one of our favorites now. And so that was a song that got reinvented and it leads off the record. We all, we all loved it so much. Was there a conscious effort to sort of stay away from doing just the hits package? Oh, absolutely. It, we never thought of it as a, a hits package. It was more about um, songs that worked in that context. I mean, obviously, that there you you guys had some acapella moments on those early years, and you know, I guess there wouldn't have been a lot of use to have redone something like "Hello City," you know, or, or something like that if it's already there. So, um, well, you know what? That was on my initial list. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I fell right into that one. <laughs> yeah, it's one that uh, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't didn't make it. Um. So, where does this lead from now? I mean. Did, you know, with this only having to take two days of actual recording, you know, and, and it's been now, what, two years since the last record, did this get in the way of working on a new record, or is that still something you guys are, are planning on as well? No, we actually recorded a new record over the last couple months. It's just been mixed, and it's it's a interesting record, and it's going to come out in the fall. Yeah? Can you elaborate on yeah. interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I find it more musically adventurous. It's uh, it doesn't sound like any other record we've done, and uh, we're all sort of scratching our heads, going, "Wow, well, look what we've done here!" It's uh, it's definitely takes a different step for us, and I, I'm excited about it. Well, I'm sure having you know this nice little uh, I don't know, reset with all of these songs, you know, may have led to that as well. 
uh, if I would guess, just yeah. being able to clean the slate and good, then start over. That's a very good point. Uh, that might, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. You're a smart man. <laughs> well, you're an amazing artist, and I, uh, I, uh, I thank you again for taking the time today. I'm enjoying this release, and I'm really looking forward to hearing that, uh, that interesting record that's on the way. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully we'll talk again. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Take care. You too, man. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. My thanks to Ed Robertson, Bare Naked Ladies. The new album is called Detour de Force. Thanks to you for checking out this episode as well. Hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Acast, YouTube for the video version, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Three new interviews every single week. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All three of them is at Kyle Meredith. Uh, Like and follow along and say hi when you do. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. That's a good score. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.